This is the weekly message from Hope Church Malmesbury. We're so glad you can join us. This week's sermon is part of our series, The Promise and the Purpose. We're walking slowly through the Gospel of Luke, verse by verse, promise by promise. Find out more about Hope Church and how to support our ministry at www.thehope.church. I hope this message will help you to see the good purpose that God has for your life and help you to walk in faith and rely on his promises every day. Here's the message. Okay, brilliant. Okay, well, if you are a child and you would like to, um, we have some great crafts at the back there and Bethany and Taylor are going to help you do that. So (laughs) I'm hoping she doesn't mind going over now. Um, So go over, see that table over there. Go and see Bethany. Wave again, Bethany. Woohoo! Woohoo! As it says in the uh, little cartoon. And um, the first thing you must all make is a basket because you might need it to collect things in. So please make a basket first. I think we got that across. Cool. Okay. So in Hope Church on Sundays, we've been studying the Bible and we've been looking very closely and going through very slowly through the book called Luke in the Bible, in the New Testament. So today, the story we arrive at is not actually the Easter story. We're nowhere near it yet, but it's this one. So let me read it to you. Luke 9, verses 57 to 62. As they were walking down the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, well, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, hey, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plough and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Okay, this may seem a very strange passage to decide to preach on on Easter Sunday. But actually, I think it goes together very, very well. Because today, on Easter Sunday, on Resurrection Sunday, we remember the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus made in willingly going to die a hideous death and be separated from God the Father. Jesus died on that cross so that his followers need never be separated from God, not even for a moment. And of course, these verses in Luke are all about becoming or being a follower of Jesus. So I decided to make it made sense to bring it all together on Resurrection Sunday. Because these verses are Jesus' own teaching about joining him on his mission to the world To summarise his teaching, this is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. This is what it means, guys. It's not always comfortable or glamorous. We can always find excuses to put off following Jesus. And the third point is follow now. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Hold on and move forwards. So we're going to take a quick look at each of those points one by one. The first point is it's not always comfortable or glamorous. Verses 57 to 58 said, A man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, 
Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Now, first of all, that man has come on purpose to see Jesus. He said, I want to follow you. He's come of his own free will. I want to follow you. And instead of going, yeah, come on then, let's go. Jesus says, you need to know this. And he says, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. You see, with all the miracles that surrounded Jesus, following him must have looked way more glamorous than it actually was. I mean, you want to be part of that, right? There's a lot of talk going on about that thing going on over there. I want to be in there. Jesus and his disciples roamed around with no fixed abode. Jesus wanted the man to know that it wasn't all going to be glamorous, easy, or comfortable. In fact, Jesus told the truth about what it meant to follow him. Now, many of us might hear the good news about Jesus's salvation, and we might quickly say, yes, I want to follow you, Jesus, with my life. But it might surprise you, therefore, to hear Jesus say back, great, and just so as you know, it's not always going to be easy, glamorous, or comfortable. And that's what he meant by foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He was saying, it's not always going to be comfortable. And that brings us to an activity. So we're going to need two volunteers. Mark's going to call them up. We're going to disturb the craft table at the back that are doing so nicely. Children. We need two volunteers who think they're really good at throwing. There is a prize in it, so. Brilliant, okay. So, many people follow Jesus with the wrong idea. They think that if they follow the Son of God, everything will just be great and um, fall into place. Pun. Okay. <clears throat> Jesus didn't ever offer us a comfortable, safe, easy life. He was always really upfront about the fact that following him meant to take up your own cross, which means sacrifices and tough choices. And that means following him can actually feel difficult or painful and unsettling at times. Way to sell the gospel, Lydia. <laughs> but it's the truth. It's the truth. Many people have been missold the gospel. In fact, they come to Jesus as if he's a giant genie ready to grant wishes. Following Jesus for what he can do for them and what they want from them, him all the time. But actually, the Easter story reminds us that he actually already did the very best thing he could ever do for any of us. And I'd love to tell you what that is, but I've lost the Bible verses. Can you believe that? I've lost the Bible verses. Children, I've lost my Bible verses. I'm going to need help. I'm going to need help from a team of children, which I think Bethany could form at the back there, please, of three or four, a team of three or four children who can read. Okay, come forward, team of children. And we're going to need a team of adults because we're going to find out who's the best. <laughs> Yay, well done, guys. Well done. Yeah, the winners have got their eggs. And all the eggs had chocolate in them, so I hope you enjoy your little chocolates. Okay, cool. So we were a bit unfair to the grown-ups. And I did give a helper to the children because I thought alone they might struggle a little. Um, but 
We have actually said the John 3.16 verse three times during the service. I don't know if anyone picked that up as well. So we gave them every help that they could because we're a bit cheeky and we like children to win. Um, So let me just read that out for you again. God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. That is what Easter is all about. That's what he already did for us. That's why wanting the genie to do more for us, which he absolutely does, by the way, but if you see him like a genie and just for all I can get, you're missing that you got the very best that there was. See, following Jesus won't always be easy or comfortable, and it doesn't mean having all the answers because Jesus didn't even know where he was going to lay his head every night. But following Jesus does mean this, and I should have put it on the screen, but I'll just tell you. Your relationship with God is restored. Your sins are completely dealt with. The sins are the things that get between you and God. So that's really important. You instantly become a kingdom of heaven citizen, and you gain access to all the spiritual rights and powers of that kingdom. As his child, and we are all his children, that's why I like children to win, As his child, there are no barriers. You can approach Father God with all things, anytime. On Good Friday, we had a service down at the Market Cross and one of the guitarists was playing his music and his very small child came over to talk to him. So as he was playing, he bent down, carried on talking to his child, carried on playing and then stood back up. Now, it was during the practice, but still, it was pretty awesome because that was such a picture for me of what it's like to go to God. It doesn't matter when you go to God, he's doing something, so what? He wants to listen to you, he wants to talk to you and he will carry on doing what he was doing at the same time. He is absolutely awesome and we are his child. There are no barriers. You can go to him. Your future, what else does following Jesus mean? It means your future beyond death is secure and settled. A heavenly home does await you where you can lay your head. Plus, you will never be alone. Even in dark or difficult times, you go through it with him. He cares for you. And Good Friday reminds us that he understands better than most exactly what it is to suffer so he can show you the way through. What else? And, and actually for me, one of my favourite bits is you get to discover and live out a bespoke plan for your life that he has created just for you. You see, that's so much more fully satisfying than any plans you make for yourself. And we all make our plans and our hopes and our dreams But he has planned and designed you for a purpose. And when you discover that, there's literally nothing better ever, ever on earth than walking out the plans and purposes that you know he has for you. There's no blessing compared to the delight of living your part in his plan. Speaking of blessings, Mark, I think it's time for one more blessing for the children. And those are child at heart. Okay. So if you're a child or a child at heart, um, there are some Easter eggs hidden around the room, which you're going to go and look for. Maybe that's why you've been making baskets. Now, before you start, let me just tell you about two very nice gentlemen. They're at the back, and they're fiddling with all the electronics. They're going to wave at you now. See those nice gentlemen? See, they are very nice gentlemen. They're very friendly gentlemen. But let me just point out that they have no eggs near them. 
okay? So there are no eggs hidden near cables. There are no eggs near electronics because those very nice gentlemen already saw the ones that are in their corner. They've eaten them all up. So there's no point in going over there and interfering with the cables because you won't find anything. But in the rest of the room, away from the cables, you will find a selection of eggs. So if you're a child or a child at heart, now is your chance to take a safe, gentle wander around the room, find some eggs and pick them up. And while we do that, I was thinking about some of the excuses that people were giving to Jesus, which made me wonder, what are some of the best excuses that have ever been used by humanity? And I found a great one that was reported by a teacher called Joanne. Now, Joanne was busy marking the homework, sat in her living room, and she had all the student assignments laid out on the coffee table. And Joanne has a new puppy. And she thought, oh, I need to stop and have some dinner. I've been working very hard. So she went off to the kitchen. She made herself some dinner. She came back into the living room and her puppy had found the student's homework and eaten and destroyed three students' assignments. So the next day, teacher Joanne had to go back to school and call those three students to the front and said, well, I'm going to have to give you an A because my dog ate your homework. True story. True story. What about another excuse? Um, well, I heard a story about Frank. Now, Frank wasn't the world's greatest student, and his, his routine kind of fell apart when he emailed his teacher to say, I'm sorry I couldn't do my homework because I've got no internet access. <laughs> now, here's, a, here's an excuse that I actually, I must confess, I have actually used, but it went down so well, I got away with it. And he went like this, I'm very sorry I'm late for work. There was a problem with my train. The problem was, when it left the station, I was still in bed. <laughs> and last but not least, you know, if, you're, if you're ever working with Christians, you've got to be careful. They can be very sneaky. See, they, they tend to tell the truth. You've got that whole kind of thou shalt not bear false witness thing. But you've just got to ask the right questions. I can remember one time there's someone phoned up and he said, oh, I'm sorry, I can't come to worship practice. My mum's at the hospital. You've got to ask the right question. Why is that then? Oh, that's where she works. Okay, thank you. You're here all night. I'm here all night. Try the salmon. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think you've found all the Easter eggs. If you find one later, that's fine. It's yours. Um, Grandma, if you need an extra one, I think you know where they are. Um, okay, so, very good. Now, you can uh, check your Easter eggs with your parents before you eat them, the ones that have plastic in the, uh, the plastic ones that have things inside. Okay, just in case of any allergens. Um, <laughs> okay, right, so, the second point, and I will get there, don't worry. Mark so beautifully led us into, with all his silly excuses, one of which he has actually used, apparently. Um, we can always find excuses to put off following Jesus. Luke 9, 59-60, let's remind ourselves. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, I don't think Jesus was being unkind. The man wasn't talking about a dead body he needed to go and dig a grave for. His meaning was, let me go home and live out life with my parent before I follow you. 
It could be a very long, uncertain amount of time. And even then, some of you may have a problem with that, but I'm letting you know that this is a delaying tactic. It's a, it seems like a good reason, but it was delaying following Jesus for an uncertain amount of time. The man had best intentions, but he was putting it off to the not yet. Now, Jesus knew that there will always be really good reasons and things you could be doing instead of following him. And actually, Jesus knew the very real difference between the living and the dead. You know, people need to know about the kingdom of God before they die. There was a great ministry call available to that man if he would follow Jesus now and help spread the word. But then Jesus encountered another man who made a different excuse, though similar. That man said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Again, putting off immediately following Jesus. Just let me say some goodbyes and I'll be right with you. Just hold on. Just going to be a minute. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plough and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. The trouble with popping back to say goodbye is that all sorts of distractions could have come in and taken him away from that best decision to go back and follow Jesus. In that moment, being back with his family, bye-bye, bye-bye, all these different opportunities could have come along which would have distracted him and taken him in the wrong direction. When we make the decision to follow Jesus, it's a decision to move forwards now and work the land with God. So that third point we get to is follow now, hold on, fix your eyes on Jesus and move forwards. Now I love how Jesus often uses agricultural things to make his point. If a farmer put off ploughing a field, nothing would change. And if he finally did it later, he might have completely missed the right season for planting, right? A farmer, when he did decide to plough his field, had to hold on to the plough and if the farmer let go of the plough, the land would just not get turned over and ready for crops, right? A farmer, uh, in following Jesus, the first thing you have to do is decide to act now. I'm going to plough the field now. And then you have to hold on and push through the bumpy bits. If a farmer ploughed the field, looking backwards, he could not plough the field. He'd end up ploughing in a funny angle. Think about it. If you're driving something, if you're driving forwards and you're looking back, you'll end up going in funny lines. You won't have a straight line, which would lessen the amount and quality of crops he could grow. They plough in lines for a reason. It's the most efficient way to grow their crops. A farmer had to fix his eyes on a point far in the distance and aim forwards towards it in order to plough the field effectively in a straight line. As humans, we struggle to let go of what went before. It's what we're comfortable with, let's be honest. We spend most of our life looking backwards. It was nicer then, wasn't it nicer when this happened or when so-and-so was around? I used to like it better when so-and-so was around. Looking backwards is one of the things that can affect our full victory and joy, I think. So recently in Hope, we read how Jesus had fixed his fo focus on going forwards towards Jerusalem, where he would be killed on the cross, buried in a tomb, and then raised from the dead, which is what we celebrate today. But think, if he had lost focus, if he had taken his eyes off the plan, 
we'd have nothing to sit here and eat chocolate for. We'd literally have nothing to celebrate today. These stories about following Jesus teach us that what we choose to do is important. Ephesians 5, 15 to 16 says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. You know, there's nothing more important you could do in your whole life than choosing Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, stepping out into a life less ordinary, making His ways your ways. There's nothing more satisfying than discovering and living out His purpose for your life. But a decision to follow Jesus cannot be put off. You may have heard this message many times, but if you've put it off, I'm going to be honest, who knows what might happen in between. In that part of life, after hearing that actually you need to give your life to Jesus and that's actually part of his plan for you, after hearing that and not doing it and not following straight away, anything could happen. And it's not a cheery thought for an Easter Sunday morning, but you honestly don't know how long you have. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. James 4 tells us you do not know what tomorrow will bring. And we don't. We have our plans, but we do not know when that next bus is coming by. So don't put off until tomorrow what you could do today. It's more than a proverb. It's imperative because we do not know what tomorrow will bring. Following Jesus, let me be clear, does not mean a life of comfort and ease. But following Jesus will make your life better. And as I was praying before the service, I was praying about how it's not comfortable or glamorous to follow Jesus. But you know what it is? Glorious. That's a word you can use about following Jesus. And actually really does change your life for the better. He actually does change your life for the better. You get salvation, peace, security, fulfillment, relationship with Almighty God, that running up to Him while He's playing His guitar thing is yours and blessing are all yours in the package and I believe there's so much more that I could never even say words to describe it so today I want to encourage you if you're listening online or if you're in the room right now do the most important thing you will ever do with your life and follow him you can make a verbal declaration of your intention to follow Jesus today with this prayer it's going to be on screen and we can those of us who want to can pray this aloud together so let's pray Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that you died for me. I believe that you are risen from the dead and that you're coming back again for me. Today, I choose to follow you. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lead me in your plans for me. I'm forgiven. I'm blessed. And I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. And if today is the beginning of your walk of following Jesus, you are very welcome to join us on our Alpha course that starts next Sunday at 12 p.m. in the room along the corridor there. Come and learn more about following Jesus. There is an invite on every chair. So if you didn't find yours or you sat on yours and you want it, have a little search around there, little cardboard invites. Alpha is a place where you are encouraged to ask all those questions that arise about life, the universe and everything. And it's a safe place to discuss your real thoughts. Yeah, those ones you don't like to admit openly with no fear of upsetting anyone. It's just about talking through the real thoughts that each other has. So as we close the service, I'm going to leave you with an advert for Alpha and then please... 
get up, find all your bits and bobs and the children's bits and bobs and um, help yourselves to tea, coffee and there's plenty of chocolate out there. Please grab some and eat some. Um, and uh, have a lovely, lovely Easter Sunday. God bless you.